the people of sake actually brought me into sake. Back in 1988, this place was actually in Ginza on the main drag. At first it was kind of soy sauce, it was miso. To the point where it actually changed my life. New Year's Day 1989. Uh, not just sake as a beverage, but all the culture and history. And Welcome and thanks for once again tuning into a brand new episode here at Sake on Air, the world's first podcast dedicated entirely to expanding the dialogue around Japan's iconic beverages of sake and shochu. My name is Justin Potts, one of your hosts here on the show. Last week, we focused our energy on examining the Niigata region as a whole. This week, we're once again joined by our same guests, Ms. Kaoru Ito and Mr. Hiroshi Nagamoto, who are both from the Overseas Business Department of Asahi Shuzo Sake Brewing Company, the makers of Kubota, and we brought them back to delve into the ubiquitous brand of sake that is almost synonymous with the region of Niigata and celebrated not only in its home territory of Nagaoka, but also throughout Japan and by sake lovers and connoisseurs across the globe. Whether it's casually name-dropping a place like Niigata in the context of major sake-producing regions, or say, ordering a glass of Kubota almost without thinking because you know it, because of its established consistency and that reliability that comes along with it. You know, we recognize that many of the components of such sake stories, these are often almost taken for granted when in reality, a lot of us, a lot of us here on the show included, to be honest, haven't really had the opportunity to commit the time to really internalizing why it is that certain names and places have the prominence that they do. By taking a step back to examine Niigata through a lens of experience alongside the people that have really been in charge of helping carry the torch for the region for generations, we thought that we might be able to meaningfully begin to scratch the surface of this really important story. Putting this pair of episodes together has been an exciting and insightful exercise for all of us here at Sake on Air. We hope you'll enjoy it as well. So with that, let's get into part two of our examination of Niigata, the region, this time delving deep into the world of Kubota. Excellent. And so here we are back once again for a brand new episode of Sake on Air. And this week I am once again joined by the folks over at Asahi Shuso Sake Brewing Company, LTD, uh, located up in Nagaoka in Niigata Prefecture. We are joined by Mr. Hiroshi Nagamoto uh, and Ms. Kaoru Ito of the Overseas Business Department up at Asahi Shuso Sake Brewing Company, makers of Kubota. And so I want to welcome the both of them back again this week. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks again so much for coming back and joining us for another round. And Thank if you don't you mind, so yeah, we'll go ahead and just kind of dive right in. And so if you wouldn't mind, just to get us started, Kubota, this label is nearly synonymous with sake. And to anybody who's out there drinking sake, purchasing sake and looking at a menu, both domestically and internationally, there's a really good chance that there's gonna be kubota on the label. And so I really wanna kind of dig into that today. And so if you wouldn't mind, could you, one of you start by maybe telling me a little bit about how the kubota label actually came into being? Yes, yes. Asahi Shuzo has its roots in Kubotaya, which was founded in Nagaoka city, Niigata prefecture in 1830. 
about 200 years ago. It has grown to be a top manufacturer in the sector. Since the 1980s, the sake industry began to compete for bargain sales against the backdrop of mass production and mass sales. If we were involved in this excessive competition, it would, be, it would lead to quality deterioration because of cost cut. And we thought it would be nothing but a business crisis for us. In 1984, a big project betting on companies' luck started since we realized that we should not fall into the price competition. So we decided to deliver high quality delicious sake. It's the start point of products of new deliciousness that is to be positioned one rank higher than the conventional Asahiyama series. In the 1970s, physical labor such as agriculture and the manufacturing industry were still dominant in Japan, and the mellow, sweet type of sake made by major sake brewers in Nada and Fushimi were preferred. However, around this time, when the work style began to escalate from physical to brain work, Mr. Toru Hirasawa, the fourth president of Asahi Shuzo, and Mr. Teiji Shima, the factory manager, they both predicted that dry and refreshing sake would be more preferred than sweet and thick ones. So they took a challenge to produce Hanle Kalaguchi sake. We chose to adopt the Gohyakuman Gokurai, which was born in Niigata Prefecture in 1957. Since the protein of the rice is low, it's suitable for producing a variety that is clean and sharp, the so-called Tanle. Currently, along with Yamada Nishiki, they are the top two varieties for sake brewing. But at that time, it was rare to fully adopt Gohyakumangok rice to make sake. Rather than sticking to the rice from Western Japan, we made the decision to make 100% genuine Niigata sake from Niigata rice, water, and with local people. In the process of making pot, which is a particularly important process in sake brewing, in order to make Tsukihaze code for Ginjo's sake style. Mr. Shima devoted himself to the code's temperature and the humidity control, keep watching and taking quality control day and night in the brewery, not going home for weeks. Actually, some brewers showed resistance to the new project at the beginning, but they gradually changed their minds and joined it into the hard work after watching his sleepless devotion. The process of the development was beyond their expectation. Determined to keep our founders' intention of producing and delivering great products, we named Kubota after our origin, the brewery's founding name, Kubotaya. Oh, excellent. So then you said that was in 1984 when that project started. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So then the sake that you put all this time and energy into, um, you decide this is the way to go. Was it an instant hit? Did, you know, what, what, what happened? This thing, Kubota, goes out into the world. What was the response? Uh, the Anlen Kalakuchi sake was quickly and warmly welcomed by customers. 
and the year after its release, it reached about 10% of our total shipment volume. In the 1980s, the so-called Jisake boom eventually broke out. Jisake, which means the local sake being originally low in production, was difficult to establish distribution network. So some producers released their product, which is usually only small amount. That means it would be so hard to get for customers. With the emergence of such sake products, Asaki Shuzo thoroughly sought out the best way to deliver our product to customer. We determined to deliver our products at a reasonable price to customers throughout Japan, never make hard to reach sake. To that end, we reformed our sales structure to conduct direct delivery from Nikata to domestic retail stores. In order to deliver the products in the best condition, we narrowed down our distributors to highly professional retail stores, which can convey value such as stock management and the product explanations well. In addition, we did not advertise on newspapers nor on TV at all, and the saved expenses are invested in quality improvement to benefit the customer. Therefore, the Kubota story and the true value of Kubota brand were effectively communicated between the store owners and the customer. As a result of steadily accumulation of communication between Asaki Hyuzo and the retail stores, retail stores and the customers, and the people to people, Kubota brand reached about 10% of the total shipment volume at the next year after its release. That approach on a fundamental level, it's similar to what you see, I guess, a lot of smaller breweries taking, right? That, that idea of actually limiting your, your channels and really being selective as to where your products go and to whom and to make sure they stay in that condition. However, you went through that process, but then made the effort to guarantee that that sake would continue to be accessible, right? And then continue to grow that. So then, you know, you, you limit that and you essentially communicate the nature of Kubota, as you said, word of mouth through these different retail outlets that you were selective about getting. But you go, how does Kubota then go from becoming a popular sake to a sake that's essentially a staple at sake retailers, restaurants, and izakaya across the country? I mean, what, what does it mean for a brand to then to become ubiquitous? The big turning point of Kubota from a Niigata local branch to a national famous one came in 1990s. Until then, it was only sold to retail stores as home drinking and gift sake. As a result of good reputation from many customers, and actually we got many requests from owners of restaurants that they wanted to adopt Kubota to serve customers in their restaurants and hotels. So we expanded to restaurants and Kubota reached more customers domestically in a short time. The customers who enjoyed Kubota themselves often recommended to their friends that Kubota is delicious. So Kubota funds increased and it became a major factor on Kubota's growth. Kubota was recognized as the high quality sake products of Niigata in Japan. We believe that the extensive 
penetration into the market is the result of continued good evaluation from many customers. In any time, there are always countless customers who want to experience sake for their first time or who want to have a wonderful encounter with good sake. So we think a sake permeated the market can connect search customers with sake itself. And we hope it will be Kubota and we can be a good start for them to open a fun world of sake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what is it then, I guess, about, you know, we talked last time about uh, Niigata Tande um, and these ideas of this very specific style. But with Kubota then, what is it? How would you explain sort of how does it set itself apart or really differentiate in terms of profile, quality, sort of market position, and in relation to some of those other national brands that you see from Niigata and other regions? I think Asahi So is doing the best to make the best sake rather than one of the kind of product producing a simple, simple differentiation. The characteristics of Kubata are its crisp taste and the sharp texture, and it does not interfere with the taste of the dish and can bring out the taste of the seasonal ingredients as well as its aroma. I believe it's what customers imagined and expected. To brew our products, Asakizo is particular about the quality of raw materials, such as rice and water, and the practical use of information accumulated over many years, and the research and the development. First of all, rice is essential and indispensable for sake brewing. The quality of rice is so important that I told you once that the quality of sake cannot exceed the quality of raw material. Asahi Shuzo established Asahi Noken, a farm-owned operation, with the idea that sake brewing starts from rice planting. Then second is water. The water we use for brewing is a clean groundwater being that flows through the site where our brewery is located. The super soft water is extremely low in mineral content and is suitable for promoting gentle and mild fermentation. It's a source of the pure and the dignified sake produced by Asahi. The third is the accumulation of information. This consists in all processes of sake brewing. For example, the rice polishing. While there are few breweries that have their own rice milling machines, we purchase brown rice, meal, and polish it by ourselves using our 13 rice milling machines in full operation. We record all the information related to our production processes, and we have been doing it for more than 30 years. As a result, it's possible for us to apply the most suitable method to meal and polish the rice of the year. Then the last is research and development. In sake brewing, it's very important to use machines effectively and to let poji or brewers keep visible checking and make good judgments during necessary manual operation. Mr. Yamaga has been involved in sake brewing for about 40 years and has been our poji since 2012. He has fully trustworthy skill and technique and has received many awards. Last year in 2021, he was selected as the number one Koji in Niigata Prefecture 
at the 2021 Sake Appraising and the Deliberating Fair. Besides making experience towards lead the brewing, research and the development division is also developing in-house yeast and quality, aiming for the sake innovation. We would like to inform all of these when we communicate with customers and hope they could understand our products and this could be the outstanding point and the differentiates from other products in the market. I want to I want to step I want to step back just a moment when you're talking to go back to where you're talking about um, the rice and the emphasis on rice. Yeah. Um, I think probably a lot of people don't realize maybe your involvement in rice production. You mentioned um, you have a separate entity that you set up. Uh, was it you get you Asahi Milking? When was that established? I'm curious. 1990. 1990? Yes. So, I mean, that's, that's very early. I mean, you're starting to see a movement around that. So that's really early on back when you were, you know, still, you know, working on proliferating, you know, kubota to, to restaurants and things like that. Is that, is that an organization that has grown and expanded over time? How, how has that changed over the years? Yeah, so as we said, uh, the, in 1990, Asahi no uh was established with a two aim. aim. Um, but the first aiming for Asahi no is that they protect our local uh, rice producing rice farmers. And then the time changes, and then they also take a lead to preserve uh, the environment as well as uh, the uh, the producing great quality of sake brewing rice. So they, I, I think they, they played a very important role to, uh, in, in terms of sake brewing processes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, intri it's intri intrinsically tied together, right? Yes. Locally. And so to have that relationship, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see uh, um, sort of how, how that will develop over time, because I mean, you're, a, you're in a position to really, to really influence. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see how that, uh, how that plays out over time. Excellent. 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 Um, we've talked about the rise of Kubota, um, sort of how that came about. Um, that being said, the story of Kubota maybe isn't identical or on the same trajectory as that of um, the rise and arguably fall or decline um, in sake overall, right? Production and sort of consumption of sake has essentially been on more or less a steady decline since the 70s. And I'm sort of curious, given the time that Kubota came to market in the mid 80s, um, sort of where does Kubota fit into sort of that trajectory? Does it mirror the patterns that we've seen there at all? Or has it been quite different at different points in time? Yes, sake production peaked in 1973 and turned into declination from then. Actually, Kubota peaked in 2001, continued to grow for nearly 30 years while the whole industry declined nationwide. I think this is a unique Kubota phenomenon. Okay, okay, okay. So it means so you've had essentially a steady decline up until 2002 or so. So as the rest of the industry was sort of in a decline, you were essentially growing and, and peaking for close, close, to close to a 20 year span where you were seeing growth while the rest of the industry was in decline, right? Yes, yeah. 
you know, now we are here in 2020, you know, to essentially 20 years after that, um, and the sake industry is continuing to see, you know, similar trends. You're seeing growth in certain areas and certain styles and um, preference a little bit here and there, but um, for the most part, you've seen sort of similar trends and things happening. I'm curious then, how do you look at the nature of the current sake market with regards to consumer preferences or areas of potential and sort of where does Kubota fit into that? And then, and I guess another part of that then is what are the challenges to maintaining that same level of popularity and relevancy um, that the brand has really sustained for so many years? And, you know, how, how are you approaching that as, as we sort of move forward here? You know, the second market penetration of both domestic and overseas are totally different from each other. However, we want Kubota to be the product market with little wherever they drink. Um, especially for domestic market, we have been confronting more rivals of domestic local category since around 2000. They also put their efforts on producing high-grade sake products. As Kubota brand image has been acknowledged and established, but the thing is, the customers tend to somehow exclude Kubota from their first option, saying like, we already know Kubota, then why don't we something try, uh, something new? And it happened especially in the younger generations. There is an obvious trend of changing preference to modern and wine-like, good fragrance, and sweet, and acidic taste of sake. So Kubota is facing a severe situation that is hard to keep staying on their favorite sake list. So maybe because Kubota might be sold as regular sake before anyone to choose, as a result, many restaurants carried the other product that has very unique characteristics instead of that. So they said like, they know the name, but they have never tried. Um, in that situation, that 2020 was the 100th anniversary of Atakishizu's founding and also 35th anniversary of the launch of Kubota. At this time, we announced the renew the brand of Kubota following the original basic brand philosophy. We are holding up new messages, evolving deliciousness at all times. So for brand renewal, we heard from many Kubota fans about why Kubota has been accepted by people and what kind of taste has been evaluated. We tried to seek out a new direction for our new product. What impressed us is that the clip and the light and the chop taste is still being supported. Regarding the Kubota Manju, there are also many voices which are the mostly good reputation, and they like its outstanding presence of mellow richness and deep depth. Also, we found that aroma was significantly important due to the changes in the food preferences and the diversification of enjoying sake in their life. Therefore, we are developing products based on the customer's feedback and the currently focusing on the premium line of the Kuwaita Manju, which you can enjoy in the staff's education, 
And we also reflected it to the daily line of the Kubota Senju so that consumers can get a little more specialty into their ordinary meal. So we all believe that these effects will eventually affect the overseas market. And also, yeah, we produce other new products such as Kubota Sparkling, um, that is like uh, the sparkling packing in order to produce more variation at the scenes where you can enjoy Kubota. Excellent. No, it's, it's interesting. I think it's it's not unique to Kubota, right? Like any of uh, right now, any brand that has developed the sort of name value um, yeah. and recognition that Kubota has. It's funny, is that it's it's surprising how many people, you know, they they actually haven't tried it. They have, and the reason they haven't tried it is because they think they already know it just because they know the name, right? Yeah, which is, which is very exactly. interesting, right? Yeah. And it's mm. it's not unique to Kubota, right? You see it in a lot of other brands and across different styles, whether it be beer or wine or other things as well too, right? But it's funny because like you said, when you actually line them up and you sit down and you taste it with people, that that mm. pillar flavor, that profile yeah. that has been, you know, that these brands have been built on and Kubota as well, you get people to try it. And it, it performs very well. People really like it. Like there's a, mm. you know, it's clearly still relevant, yeah, it's true, true. right? It's mm. still very relevant. And I think there's mm. probably just as much of a need for it now as there was before, right? Because everybody was trying so many different things to have, you know, that very clear um, pillar, I guess you could yeah. say, is something to go back to. Like mm. it's, it's not so much that it, as a style that, that it's gone out of style. It's more that just, yeah, people have just been gravitating toward, you know, they just want something different each time, right? And yeah. I'm guilty of that as well, too. You know, when there's so many <laughs> when there's so many choices out there, right? It's like, oh, I've never seen this before. Let me get, you know, um, but yeah, the, to be able to bring that back in there, I think, mm. you know, at, the, at a time like this one, I think, I think people will actually really recognize and really appreciate what, what, what Kubota and you know yeah. these established brands so can bring we, to the we, table. We are from, you know. Uh, producing a Kubota, so that is why this is not a good, you know, the second success for us, but for the customers, they are like, you know, they are interested in the new version of mm -hmm. Japanese packet, which is good for the yeah. industry, I mean, you know, yeah. but, you know, we are like just in the middle of, you know, the doing of that or like, you know, producing to the, uh, the new generation of the customers. So this is very, very important and we still keep doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I guess that sort of leads me to my next question as well, as you sort of touched upon this, you mentioned the 35 year anniversary, mm -hmm. sort of the brand renewal, things like the sparkling, you know, obviously, you know, to a certain degree, the Kubota that people try today, some of those are going to be different from what, mm -hmm. you know, came to market, you know, 35 years ago. Um, but I'm sort of curious how, how that profile is sort of evolved over time and sort of how you're yeah, sort of how you're handling the evolution of that of that brand and of that profile. Um, uh, I mean, the taste doesn't change significantly, but it is not exactly the same taste from the one 35 years ago. But we keep evolving our products by listening to customers' feedback and following the trend of the times. But so um, the one of the highlights of the brand renewal is the release of a quality version of Kubota Senju and the Kubota Manju. Our goal for improving quality for Kubota Senju is to get 
still are requesting the pigs that goes well to meals. So we have two tojis here. One of them, Mr. Ohashi, who is in the charge of the Kubota Senju, he had a desire of adding some kind of softness to the existing taste of the Kubota Senju while leaving the te uh, refreshing texture. Just through some technical adjustments and creating a better method in koji making, so they made new Kubota Senju, which is, is a beautiful light taste and has a gentle aroma and has crisp finish, of course. And then you can feel like the original taste of umami and acidity, as well as subtle, lingering, and sweetness. As for Kubota Manju, another Toji, Mr. Yamaga, beautifully realized excellent harmony of its depths and its aromas. Uh, in order to do it, they improved the Koji making and took better care of the process of melting rice. The new Kubota Manju has a gorgeous aroma and a profound taste after the complex and deep mouth feel. And umami and sweetness and acidity are harmonized with each other, and it expands softly that is created from the koji. And the pleasant lingering continues with the flowing. So Kubota always keeps the basic principle since it's launched, but we are working on seeking for evolving new deliciousness other brand methods in order to respond customer needs. It sounds like you know they are doing, but it is hard to distinguish for especially for the customers. But we still keep doing that. Yeah, that, that endless fine tuning mm, right, yes. that, that's going on, right? And it, and it says so. You have at Asahi Shuzo. You have only two toji then. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then, and there are, and one is in charge of Senju and what is in charge of Manju. Yes. Okay. That, that, that probably breeds a nice competitive uh, atmosphere within, within yes. the company, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. So, and also they always, you know, have a communication with your know, quality improvement, yeah. even though that, you know, each Toji has their own, you know, variety, but yeah. They are united and very cooperative. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, that that that's that's excellent. That sounds like yeah. a, a rather idyllic uh, environment for not not just not just development, but you know quality and, and all the things that come along with it. That's that's excellent. That's excellent. So then, you know, we we sort of talked about that evolution a bit, you know. But I think people in their minds they hear kubota, and kubota refers to a sake. It's like like you said when you said I've had kubota. They had a kubota. They maybe didn't know what kubota they had, but they know they had kubota, right? Um, and whereas, and again, you know, I, you know, hopped on, hop on the internet and do a search, and there's actually there are a lot of kubota. <laughs> it's like it's out there, right? Um, and I think maybe a lot of people don't realize exactly the range of styles that actually exist out there. I mean, how how aware do you think a lot of consumers are of the differences, and you know, are are people, do you feel like fans of Kubota or are, do you see them proactively going out in search of very specific um, labels within the Kubota brand or series or sort of what are the challenges as well as some of the benefits of, you know, developing and ha then ha but then having to communicate such a range of styles? Um, yes, like I said, 
we do have a wide variety of it. Uh, when Kubota was released in 1985, there were only two products, which is Kubota Shakuzuru and Kubota Engine. But now the number comes to 16, including seasonal products, except for sparkling and recool. So I know it is very difficult for a new customer to fully understand the difference from each Kubota product because of its delicate texture based on the Tandai Karachi. So, and I hope you can tell and enjoy the subtle difference between each Kubota, but it is quite difficult. In our sales activities, we need and explain the case to our customers directly, but since each other, the feeling is different. So we usually make proposals according to their personal preferences and the purposes. So in 2019, in order to make Kubota more available to more people, that we opened the Kubota Sake Bar in Shibuya Parko Department Store in Tokyo. As you know, the Shibuya is a place where young people gather. So this is a small sake bar where you can casually stop by and order from one glass from all the Kubota products. And also in addition, we also renew the bottle labels, you know, like without any face-to-face -face consulting, a customer can scan the QR code on the labels uh, by using their phone in order to get the information of sake, such as uh, the characteristics and the recommended drinking temperature or the dishes that go well with it. Like I said, it is very difficult for customers to pick up the white one from many Kubota products at the very beginning. But we believe it can that be the perfect Kubota product to match various customers and needs. We are working on explaining our product through our sales activities by using the stuff that I mentioned now. Uh, I hope everyone will enjoy the process of exploring and choosing according to the specification, especially for sake beginners who would like to recommend finding their favorite kubota first and enjoy exploring their sake world. Absolutely, yeah. There's, it's it's great to have choices, right? There's so yeah. many choices today, right? But then yeah. it comes along with having to then provide the information, right? To empower the the consumer or the drinker to be able to make good choices for themselves, right? And so to, right, have it, whether it's, like you said, AI or QR codes and all these things, all, all these little pieces along the way to help them, you know, make those decisions and then hopefully remember, right? <laughs> remember what exactly what it is they, they experience. Right. And so I guess, so then now, I mean, it's, di you know, it's changing, it's diversifying. Um, when, I guess then when a customer steps up to, you know, like you said, a sake bar in Shibuya or whatever, and a restaurant and asks for a bottle or a glass of Kubota, you know, what, what is it they're asking for? How do you sort of interpret their expectations for, for what's in that bottle? Yes, mm. like we don't really judge, you know, uh, what kind of product they choose. Like, you know, every product has their own characteristics. So the maybe, you know, the workers will tell uh, the, the outstanding points for each product.
Friday. But at the same time, we just want the customers to enjoy the second wall. So we really hope that's going to be the one of the trigger for them to get more interested in Japanese sake. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nagamoto-san, how, how, yeah. how, about, how about you? How are you... Um, you know, when you think about, you know, what's it, what's in a, uh, a bottle of uh, kubota, you know, what do you, how, how do you interpret sort of people's expectations for that? What is, how, how do you look at that? Okay, I think it should be delicious first, but I think kubota should be of Nikada sake also. Wouldn't be a little disappointing if kubota was maybe Nikada, but the rice is from other prefectures. Now, ingredients can be obtained from anywhere. So even though some sake is claimed to be jitake, many of them actually use ingredients from other areas. However, I think that the local sake should be originally a sake that is brewed by using rice and water in that area and the heritage and the past uh, history that has continued for generations in that area. So as we talked about rice and water, we insist to use 100% all Niigata ingredients. And we would like to render our outstanding point of Niigata sake through our product. And I also want to ask you, uh, what are you asking for when you order <laughs> a glass of kubata at a sake restaurant? I, you, brought, you, know, you, you brought up a good point in that I, right, I want it to be rooted in something and I want it to be rooted in something Niigata. You know, I mean, I'm, I guess, obviously I wasn't here during the eighties and nineties for the, the growth of, you know, so I don't have all the associations that, you know, or preconceptions as to what, or what goes along with that. But I, I think you touched on something really important in that, you know, like you said, the, the line is diversifying and you have a lot more cho choices and there are more representations of Kubota and what that can be. But at the end of the day, I still want something just kind of kind of easy drinking that I can you know that I can that I can count on you know because I have I, I have a lot of other choices right I mean there are a lot of other choices out there not just when the, the Kubota line so to actually have something to come back to you know so um yeah I don't know it's a, it's exciting I have to I'm gonna have to go out out to that bar with uh, with all 16 in the lineup and and, and sample <laughs> things and, and and come back to you with a report in the uh, in in the near future that's that's now on my uh, on top of my list of things to do here oh, thank so. you <laughs> and trust me our kubata is delicious excellent that will satisfy you <laughs> excellent 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 uh so i guess uh, one other thing that i think kind of worth touching upon is there's uh which is going to be particularly relevant to most of our listeners out there is the expansion and availability of the Kubota label overseas. Uh, I yeah. have been to, you know, several international markets where basically everybody just expects Kubota to be there. Like it's it's something that had established itself in the market ten years ago or fifteen years ago or whatever, and it's been one of the sakes that people can rely on having access to. And so I'm curious. If you, I guess, if you wouldn't mind, you know, telling me a little bit about how you got there, um, how was it that you got Kubota to be a sake overseas, and sort of what the process it was, and trying to communicate that, and why do you think it resonates with sake lovers and sake consumers in different regions? Okay, 
Asahi Shuzo started exporting about 30 years ago. In order to keep the high quality of our products, we are working with trading companies and the local distributors in each overseas market and uh, work together with them locally. There are six main tasks for us to do overseas. First is visiting customers with local distributors. We will visit restaurants and retail stores together with local sales representatives from our distributors to extend sales volume and develop new businesses. Two, attend to exhibitions. We participate in exhibitions held overseas so that we can directly communicate with customers. We can try and taste on the spot and can compare each product. Three, staff training. Staff of local distributors, restaurants, and retail stores change. Therefore, we offer regular study sessions for new employees. In that case, we can convey our thoughts and share our ideology. And we believe that this could contribute to daily sales. We used to hold presentations in Japanese, but now also we do it in English and Chinese. So I think this will be much easier for local sales staff to understand and explain to customers. Four, pairing event and tasting event. Events will be held at restaurants and the retail stores. We are making efforts to increase the number of Kubota funds by letting them experience the compatibility to food and having them enjoy it by comparing several sectors. Five, SNS. We have open our Facebook and Instagram account and share information about us in English. For example, we honor to come to your podcast, The Sake on Air. Other information we post is local liquor stores. We can find Kubota University. Easy and tasty cooking recipes to pair with Kubota, including some cocktail recipes and the latest valuable information about our sake place. Six, online seminar. This is an activity since this pandemic. And we hold sake seminars for foreigners who live in Japan and overseas. Japanese sake has become very popular among foreigners now, but I think it's still in acceleration. And we feel that there are many things that have not been explained properly because it's a very special industry. So we hope we could get more opportunities to do it. Since sake is a kind of articles of taste, personal preference does exist. Through all these six activities, we are working hard to broaden the base of the sake market. And we hope to win high acclaim from more and more customers in the future. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine it's been a, a bit of a challenge the last couple of years, right? With uh, just the nature of the nature of the world and the the inability to move as freely as you probably did uh, in the past. But I'll be excited to. Hopefully, it looks like things are maybe settling down a little bit in different places around the world. It sounds like so. Fingers yeah. crossed. I'll I'll be curious to see what you all get up to once things uh, get back to I guess I, something closer to closer to normal. Um, so I'll be excited to I'll have to I'll have to visit you again here and learn about kind of. You have to update me on on what you've been up to. It'll be interesting to see what you what you all do once things settle down a bit. Um, 
you know, we've talked a lot about the past and sort of where things stand at the present and sort of how this brand has come to grow and evolve and, and sustain itself and is continuing to evolve. Um, but then also where it exists in the world of sort of Niigata style sake and, and, and all those things. And so I'm curious then looking ahead, you know, obviously we can't, you know, predict the future um, and things are a little bit challenging at the moment, but five yeah. years from now, 10 years from now, what are you thinking with regards to um, Kubota, the brand specifically, but then also Niigata sake, where does, where does Niigata sake go from here? I can tell that all of the breweries here in Niigata are dedicating themselves to their quality improvement and produce new products according to the customer's lifestyle and its trends. And it is true that the population will continue to decline in Japan, you know? So I think it is especially important for us to, to make efforts to integrate sake into the lifestyles of the younger generations in their 20s and 30s. Also, we put efforts together with local people on the events such as Niigata Sake no Jin or the other sake testing events sponsored by local organizations or by breweries, which are all for the participants to familiarize sake more. So we hope that these efforts will bear fruit as a place to convey Niigata Sake and to the next generation and also as a brewery, we do hope that this would lead to the future of our local sake. So I am hoping also that the foreign people will get more interested in Japanese sake. You know, like there are still so many people living in the overseas who haven't tried sake or even don't know about sake at all. So as for them, they might think of Japanese sake as very mysterious. Beverages, wondering like, is this made from rice? You know, so we really, really expect that many people will enjoy the wonder of Japanese sake. Agreed. I, the same could be said about Japan. Also, there's probably honestly a lot of people who actually really haven't haven't experienced it all, all that fully here as well too. Yeah. So there's a lot to be done. Maybe it's it's time for right, Kubota 2, 2.0. You got we I'm have to recreate that 1985 phenomenon again here so we can kind of kind of spark things that would be that would be, that would be excellent <laughs> excellent wonderful um nagamoto-san ito-san again thank you so much for your time uh these past couple of sessions um, yes, thanks for sharing your time and your insight and your experience um and we'd absolutely love to uh um speak with you all again here uh, at another point down the road when things settle down and um yeah, I, we look forward to learning more about uh, what Kubota is up to and learning more from the both of you and the team up there at Asahi Shuzo. So, thank you so, thank you so much. much. Yeah, thanks a lot. And you both have a wonderful week. All right. You too. You too. All right, you get some thank you. And that will do it for this episode and this pair of episodes that we've put together here at Sake on Air. As always, you can go ahead and follow along with us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We've got a bunch of videos up on YouTube as well for those who are curious. And when you're done with those, you can pop on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite podcast delivery service is and leave us a kind review. Any other questions or comments, opinions, thoughts, feelings about the show, you can drop us a line at questions at sakeonair.com. 
Sake on Air is made possible with the fantastic support of the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association and is broadcast from the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center in the heart of Tokyo. The show is a co-production between Export Japan and Potsuke Productions with audio production by Mr. Frank Walter. That will do it for this week's show and we will be back very shortly with a lot more Sake on Air. Until then, kanpai!